Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Good morning and welcome to City Hope and a big happy Father's Day. Uh, my name is Bob. Can we give all the dads in the room just a little bit of, a little bit of love? Uh, I want to thank you for being here with us today. Uh, for those of you in the room and those listening on our podcast, I, I want you to know this. We've been praying for you. We've been preparing for you and our teams work really, really hard to make this church feel like your church. And so uh, just... Love, 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 and so, so grateful for you being here with us. You know, Father's Day is a day when bad jokes are allowed, okay? Let's just be honest, okay? So you got to laugh, all right? Uh, ugly outfits are praised, okay, today. Dads, put your socks on with your sandals. That's fine, right, Jack? Right? You can do that, yeah. <clears throat> Eat those burnt hot dogs with a smile on your face, okay? Now, fatherhood is great. And, um, you know, I, I think the role of men, the role of fathers in our world is a vital and crucial, crucial, crucial role, the leadership. And uh, a simple Google search, you can figure out the importance of a father. The, uh, the Internet says between 18 and 19 million students and kids are coming up today without fathers in their homes. That's enough to fill New York City up twice of people, of kids who do not have a father. Fathers are crazy, crazy important. It's a really big deal. And, and I, I think that's why God gave us in one of his initial commands when he told Moses, right, back in Exodus, what did he say? Honor your father and your mother. Like this is one of the most important roles in the world. And so today, I'm going to give a little bit more focus to the men in the room. Um, now, now here, here's what I want to be sensitive to, okay? Father's Day is great, and it can be praised, but Father's Day can also be a tough day, right? For some of you, you understand that for, for many different reasons. Maybe you've, uh, uh, your dad's went home to be with the Lord, or maybe you don't have children yet. And, and, and I get it. All of us, you, maybe you're young, and one day you're going to be a dad. And, and maybe you, you, you feel like, oh, I'm not the dad that I want to be, and I wish I could be. But all over this room, no matter what category you fall in, I think today's message for all the men and, and every one of us in this room, no matter no matter what role we play in life, I think today's message will, will give us all some hope, okay? So, everybody good? You guys ready? All right. How many guys, well, like, it's Father's Day, so we got to talk about pretty much uh, one thing for sure. How many football guys we got in the room? Anybody love football? I, I want to know this, dead serious. Is there any women in here like you truly love football? Anybody? Come on, yeah, okay. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll never forget, my wife's from Canada, and so I'm a huge Louisville fan, all right? Don't boo, like I get it, we're good. But, uh, but uh, I, I'm a huge Louisville fan. I grew up there right next to the campus, and, and my wife's from Canada, and, the, and we got married, and I'm doing what all good dads do. I'm watching the game, right? And I'm screaming at the TV. And, and for one minute, I'm like, yeah, let's go, touchdown. And then like, you know, 10 minutes later, you're like, this is the worst quarterback ever. The coach needs to be fired. And I'm just ripping, right? Just what we do, right, guys? Right, guys? Come on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, and Shira walks in, and she's like, hey, um, do you know any of these guys playing? Like, are these your friends? I'm like, no. 
I don't know any of these guys. And she's like, why are you screaming? Like, like, and, and, you know, again, Canada, all they have is hockey. Like, they don't know if a, the ball's pumped or stuff. Like, uh, they don't know. Like, so, so anyways, I love watching football. I love the plays and the games, but, but you know, sometimes we get, to see, we get to see some behind the scenes, right? We get to see, like, like some of the players when they get mic'd up, right? And it's, that's fun to watch. It's fun to listen to what they say in the huddle and what they're saying to each other. And then, and then other times, they, they let you into the locker room, right? And you can hear the coach. And, and it's always really cool. You hear that, that pep talk, right? That, that rally, like, hey, we're going to go kick some butt. We're going to do this. And everybody's fired up. Right. Think about think about some of the old movies. Right. How many of you guys remember Rudy? Anybody? Oh, one of the greatest. Right. And, and I just remember Rudy. He's he's doing his uh, dream thing of playing football at Notre Dame. And he gets in the locker room. He stands up on the bench and he's like mimicking all the old coaches. Y'all remember that? And he's telling all the, the things. And, 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 and I just love those those motivational moments. Remember the, the movie, um, um, Remember the Titans, right? And the players are like, strong side, west side, strong side. And you're just like, yeah, let's go, right? And, and, and you, just, you just love it. Well, several years ago, a movie came out, and it was based upon a high school football team in the state of Texas, okay? And most of you guys in here, you're like, yeah, that's some big-time football, right? Their, their football stadiums in high school are millions and millions of dollars. Like, it's crazy high school football. And this coach in this TV show, or I think it's a movie and a TV show, this coach, he would give his pregame speech, and at the end of his speech, every time before the team would run out, they would have this little saying, all right? Does anybody know what I'm going to say? Anybody know where I'm going with this? And they would, he would come out, and, and he would say something, and, the, and then the team would repeat it. And he would say, he would say, full eyes. Anybody get it? Did I miss it? Did I miss it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would say, clear eyes. And then the team would say, no, you guys are dumb. Come on. Come on. He would, they would repeat after him. Okay. He would say, clear eyes. And then they would say, thank you, Jack. Thank you, buddy. Then he would say, full hearts. Can't lose. All right. All right. All right, like, take your church outfit off. Come on, like, like, let's just have a little energy in here today. It's Father's Day, okay? What in the world? We're a bunch of mathletes in here, all right? <laughs> Everybody runs out of the locker room, and they're fired up, and they're ready to go play, right? And then they, they go out, and they play the game. Well, today, here's my heart, all right? I got a couple things. One, we've got a gift for you on your way out, Okay? That's, that's a, a gift that you're going to take home with you, too. The second gift I want to give you is we're going to get out early today, all right? <laughs> no, no, stop. You're not allowed to cheer for that. <sighs> and the third thing is I want you, no matter who you are, dad or no dad, I want you to walk out of here and run out of here ready to be fired up to live your life for Jesus. I want you to run out of here today just with some energy, with some encouragement, with some passion to get into this week and just tackle it and challenge yourself and, and be all that God wants you to be. Because I think most of us in here long for, uh, 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 you, know, you know, we know that God has a plan for us. We know that, that this is who God wants me to be. And most of us long for and, and, and really want to get there. But the question a lot of us fight is, how do I do that? How do I become the person? How do I go win this week? How do I win my neighbor to Christ? How do I talk to my family about Jesus? All the things. How do I become the person that God's called me to be? 
Well, I think there's a couple things that we're going to talk about today. But let me start with this. First and foremost, you got to realize that faith is not a moment. It's not a one-time decision. Faith is not a one-time moment. It's not a one-time decision. Inviting God into my life and, and telling him that I'm going to live for him, that's the start of the journey. There's a lot of necessary work for you and I to become the spiritually mature person that God calls us to be. Think about, for those of you who have children, that very first child, some of you are in this season right now, you, you, you have this child, you're, you're excited for, for nine months, you have the child and you get home and you're just like, what do I do? Like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like, and what do we do? We learn, right? We grow, we mature, we ask people, we talk to people, we read stuff, we, we go to a, a, a good source, Facebook, like we go to all the things, we, we try to figure out life, Right? Maturity and, and growth, it's not just, a, it's not just a, a product of time, right? There are plenty of people who have lived a long time and they're still immature, right? You probably know somebody like that. Ladies, now's not the time for you to do that. Like you probably know somebody that's older, but, but, but they remain immature. Our faith is the same way. It's not the product of how long you've had faith. There is necessary movement to mature in your walk with Jesus. If you want to become the person, if you, want to, if you want to truly live in the role that God has for you, that he created for you, then you have to mature, you have to grow, you have to get to this place. And for some of us, man, that's a struggle. For some of us, that's hard. Some of you may say, I know, I've known God for a long time, but I haven't felt much growth lately. I've known God for a really long time. I've had a relationship, but, but I haven't seen a lot of maturity. Maybe there's some stagnancy in your walk, in your journey with Christ. And sometimes I think we misunderstand what it means to really uh, look at God and, and, and understand what he wants. And so today, I think God's word um, is going to give us a prescription, if you will. A prescription of growth, a prescription of becoming the person that God designed you to be. Because I believe this with all of my heart. I really do. When you have clear eyes and you have full hearts, you can't lose. When you have clear eyes and full hearts, you can't lose. So if you have your Bible, go with me to Psalm chapter 73. Psalm chapter number 73. It'll be here on the screen if you don't have it. But let me give you just a quick little bit of context. This is written by a man named Asaph. And Asaph is a worship leader. Asaph is one who would go into the temple and he would be in God's presence and he would lead worship. And that was his daily routine. He spent time in the presence of God. And he was someone striving to live for God in a time where most people weren't. Right? Kind of sounds a little bit familiar to today. For some of you today, you, you, you go to work every day and you're striving to live for God. You're striving to be the, the man of God, the woman of God, but most people around you don't have that same focus. And so Asaph is very relatable. He's very relatable into the things that he says and the things that he thinks. And, and just, by the way, the experience of others should always serve as our instructions. Okay, think about that. The experience of the people in our lives, the wisdom, the counsel, it should help us. It should serve as our instruction. 
And so for the sake of time, we're just going to jump right in today. Look at these first three verses with me. God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray, for I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, right off the bat, go with me again. This is the guy, his daily routine is to go into the temple and worship. His daily routine is to get into the presence of God and sing and, and, and have this music and lift it up to the Lord. And Asaph, right here at the beginning, he's saying, man, I almost lost my faith. I almost lost my faith. Like, this is tough. I see all these evil people. I see these people and they're prospering. I see that they're not trying to live for God and I'm jealous. And I love his honesty, right? I love that he's just being real. And he's like, man, I just don't understand this, God. It seems like all these people, all these wicked people, all these evil people, they don't have anything to worry about. So let's be honest this morning. Let's be real. You ever tried being good, but being bad worked out better? <laughs> Trying to live for God. Let me just say this. This isn't popular. Trying to live for God puts you at a huge disadvantage. Let's be real this morning. Trying to live, you don't get to break the rules. You don't get to cut corners. You don't get to, you don't get to lie your way around. Trying to live for God and be the man of God, the father that, that God's called you to be, the woman, the spouse, the, the daughter, the son, it puts you at a disadvantage. You don't get to live by the same rules. You're held to a higher Standard. So here Asaph, and he's saying, my feet almost slipped. My, my faith is going astray. I'm, I'm struggling with this. I, I envy the arrogant. But I want you to notice his honesty here, and I want you to see just this, these, one little, these two little words in, in verse 3. And, and there at the beginning of verse 3, he says, for I envy the arrogant, and then look what he says. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Something caught his eye. Something he began to look at. Something began to blur his vision. And, and I want to see if you can see what it was. Look, let's keep reading. Start in verse 4. Look at this. I, I kind of made this really easy for you, so hopefully you pass this test. All right? If you look at the screen, you should know. They have an easy time until they die. And their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others. They are not afflicted like most people. Therefore, pride is their necklace. And violence covers them like a garment. Do you see what he's looking at? Their eyes bulge out from fatness. The imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock. They speak maliciously. They arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues strut across the earth. Therefore, his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing words. The wicked say, how can God know? Does the most high God know everything? And then look at verse 12. Look at them, he says, the wicked. They're always at ease and they increase their wealth. Asaph didn't have clear eyes. He was looking at the wrong things. His focus was off. Did you see what he's looking at? 
The, the first three verses, Asaph was kind of looking here. He's like, my feet almost slipped and I almost failed and I got jealous. And he was, he was looking inside and his eyes were focused here. And then there's this shift in, in those verses we just read. And now he's like, wait a minute, they did this and they and the wicked. And how come they didn't, they, 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 you see that? His eyes got blurred and he didn't have clear eyes. Clear eyes are open and unobstructed. Clear eyes indicate the ability for you to discern what is important, to discern what is wise in your life. And we lose our clarity when we begin to look at other people. When we begin to focus on what everybody else is doing. And, and, and let me say this to you today. Here, here's a truth that I believe that, that that will help you. As long as we're looking at other people's journeys and as long as we're comparing with other people, we are walking blind. Why? Because as a follower of Christ, listen to me, this might be an epiphany for some of you. There's going to be moments in your life that just don't make sense. There's going to be things in your relationships and in your workplace and in your family that do not make sense. And because of this, our faith must be connected to who God is instead of understanding all that God does. There may be days when we question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? All this I'm putting in and I'm still, I'm still not feeling it. I'm still not connected. I still don't have this relationship. Is it worth it? And just like Asaph, we're all human, right? We all have struggles. And there'll be moments in life where it doesn't make sense. But this is those moments when we have to realize that faith is not connected to what God does. Your faith is not connected to what God does. Your faith has to be connected to who God is. This, this good Father, this heavenly Father who sits at the right, right hand of God, who sits on the throne. I have to know who God is, not just what's going on, because we're never going to fully understand all that God is doing. You're not going to know that. But you can trust who he is, because that's never going to change. Your circumstances are going to change, right? Your, your, your life is going to have ups and downs. We're all going to be on this roller coaster. We're all going to have different uh, seasons in our life. But one thing that will never change is who God is. So my question for you today, dads, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Asaph's eyes were on himself. Asaph's eyes then began to, to compare and, and look at everybody else. What are you looking at? For some of you, your focus right now is on things internal. It's all about you. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of struggle with what I want and if I'm happy and you didn't give me this and so I'm not going to do it. There's a lot of struggle with our eyes being inward, right? For some of you, your, your eyes stay focused on, 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 on your wealth and your checkbook and, and it's all about you and how much you can raise and how much you can make and how much you can do. Your eyes are focused on the wrong things. The writer of Hebrews says this, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. And then what's he say? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's where my eyes have to be. That's where my eyes have to go. And when I, when I drift, I have to get back. And I love how he says, let's run this race with endurance. Why? Because it's a journey. It's a grind. It's not a sprint. 
Your faith, your maturity, your growth in the Lord is is going to take endurance. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Psalm 121 says this. Most of you probably have this memorized. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What are the distractions in your life today, church? What do you have your eyes focused on? What are the things in your life that you're looking at that are causing you to take your eyes off of living for Jesus? Because we lose our clarity. We lose our clarity when we get our eyes off Jesus. I wonder how much joy, how much fulfillment in in becoming the person, becoming the man that God called you to be, how much joy and, 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 and fulfillment are we losing because our eyes are on the wrong things? If you're looking at others, if you're always looking at others, if you're always looking internally, you're not gonna have clear eyes. So we see right away, Asaph was looking at the wrong things, but then something happens. Something changes. Look at verse 16 here. After Asaph talks about how wicked these people are and look at them and they're always this and they're always that. Verse 16. He says, when I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless. So again, think about this. He's looking here. He's looking at others. He's comparing his life and he's saying, it just doesn't make sense. It seems hopeless. It seems like I can't figure this out. What do I do? And and today, I would say that that there's somebody in this room that you can really relate to that statement. I'm trying to understand all this, but it seems hopeless. I can't break through this barrier. I can't get over this hump. I can't can't become the man or the woman or the the, the young man, the young woman. I can't become the person that I know I want to be. God's called me to be, but, but it seems hopeless. But look at verse 17. It seems hopeless until I entered into the sanctuary. Then I understood their destiny. It was was hopeless. I I was looking at myself. I was looking out and I was comparing and I was jealous. And I said, man, I want their life until I got into the sanctuary. And his perspective immediately changes. He says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong things. I want you to see this. When did his perspective change? When he entered into God's sanctuary. Now, if you dig in and do a little bit of study and and word, really what what he's trying to say here is not that he went into a sanctuary, not that he went into a building. That's not when his eyes changed. When he got into the presence of God. When God's presence was so real and so thick and so meaningful in his life, that's when things begin to change. He applied the the, the things that he knew, the knowledge that he knew from God, from God's word, from worshiping God. He applied that to his life. He, He meditated on the attributes of God. He meditated on what he knew. He consulted the scriptures. He he listened to the wisdom of the priests of the time. He 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 got all in in God's presence, and God helped him overcome this difficulty. 
The way that he did this was by getting into the sanctuary, getting into the presence of God. And his eyes were, were blurred. His eyes were, were not clear. And then he says, but then I realized and I understood their destiny. Church, listen to me today. Men, listen to me today. A humble posture of worship is critical to being free. A humble posture of worship is critical to being free. Some of you are so bound up by, by whatever, by, by what people think, or, or, or maybe some substance, or, or maybe some addiction that you have. You're bound up. And a humble posture of worship is critical to you being free. His eyes shifted from inward and outward to upward. His eyes shifted and then... He became free. The presence of God. The presence of God must be the resort for a weary soul. The presence of God must be the place that we turn to. Some of you guys who grew up in church, you remember that old song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I'm not going to sing it. No. No. The presence of God. Asaph, an author of the Bible. How relatable. He's like, man, I almost gave up my faith. I almost slipped. I almost stopped all this because I was looking at the wrong things. But then when I entered into God's presence, things changed. It says now when I... When I have clear eyes, when I see things the way that God wants me to see them, then I can have a full heart. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 21. I love this. This is one of my favorite parts of this scripture. Look at this. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded. Listen, for some of you, man, that's so relatable. That's you right now. I became embittered. My innermost being was wounded. Listen to what he says. I was stupid and I didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal towards you. Yet, I'm always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you take me up in glory. Who do I have in heaven but you? And then listen to this statement. And I desire nothing on earth but you. I love this imagery in, 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 in the uh, 23rd verse here. He says, you hold my right hand. I was thinking about all the times when my kids were little. And dads, go with me here. You're in a crowded space. You're in an airport. You're at Disney, whatever, wherever you are. You're, there's a bunch of people. What do you do? You reach down and you grab a hold of your kids' hands. And you guide them. And you walk with them. Shira always had a rule in our family. You walk across the street, you got to hold somebody's hand. Why? For safety. For protection. And Asaph says, Father, I'm with you always and you hold my right hand. There's safety, there's protection, there's peace when our hand is in dad's hand. When the father is the one that's leading. 
when our Heavenly Father is the one that's leading our decisions and our, 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 our family meetings and our, our family seasons of life and, and what's going on. When the Father is one that, that is leading, there's comfort. There's fullness knowing that He is with me. And that's what it means by having a full heart. A full heart indicates joy. It indicates uh, love. And I'm truly living life to the fullest when I'm seeking God's presence in my life. Let me, let me say that again because I really want you, to, I want you to drill down on this, okay? I'm living the fullest when I got clear eyes. I'm seeking God's presence. And when I'm seeking, I'm, 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 I'm listening to my devotions. I'm listening to scripture. I'm listening to, to the, the wise, godly counselors in my life. I'm listening to, to good sermons and, and I'm reading God's word and I'm worshiping. I'm filling my life up with God's presence and I have clear eyes. And now when I'm seeking out God's presence in my life, when I'm seeking out God's presence in my spouse's life, when I'm seeking out God's presence, presence in my kid's life, that's when I know my life is full. My heart is full of Jesus. How full was Asaph's heart? Look what he says there in verse 25. Highlight that, underline that. I desire nothing on earth but you. Wow. Man, I want to get there one day. I want to mature to that place where I can look at God and say, I desire nothing on earth but you. When we truly experience the gospel, when, when we truly help others experience the gospel, that's when our hearts are full. So when we have clear hearts, clear eyes and full hearts, then we can't lose. Two more verses. Look at verse 24 here. Asaph says, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward, look at this, you take me up in glory. All those who are guided and led by the counsel of God in this world shall be received to his glory in another world. I read this quote this week. It says, if we make God's glory in us, the end we aim at, he will make our glory with him, the end we shall forever be happy in. If we make God's glory in us, the aim that we end at, this is what our eyes are focused on. This is what our heart is focused on. If we make God's glory the aim, then he will make our glory with him the end that we shall ever, forever be. Asaph says, afterward, you're going to take me up to glory. Then he says in verse 26, look at this, my flesh and my heart may fail. He's saying this whole body... <laughs> This whole body, this flesh, these organs, it's going to fail one day. But God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Can't lose. Can't lose. He not only will support me while I'm here, he'll be, he'll be joyful, and, and I'll be able to be with him for eternity in heaven forever. Because of Jesus, church, we can't lose. With our eyes on Jesus, our hearts full of God and his presence, we can't lose. So the prescription today, dads, is clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. 
Let me just ask you a couple questions, then we're going to close. I'm going to ask Brad to come on back up. Give me, give me just a few more minutes of your time. Dads, do you have clear eyes? What are you looking at? I was thinking about this. You know, we, we can be quick to point out the, the negative things in our life that we're looking at, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's sinful things. Maybe it's unrighteous, impure things. We, we're quick to, to, to do that. But what about the things that inherently aren't bad, but they're taking your focus off of what God's called you to do, who he's called you to be? What are you looking at? Do you have clear eyes? How's your heart, dads? Do you have a full heart? Now, understand, here's what the enemy wants you to believe. The enemy is wanting you to believe right now. Well, you got to be perfect for this. This clear eyes, full hearts, you, gotta, you can't have any struggles. What? A guy who just wrote one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture is saying, man, I'm struggling. What makes me think that I don't get to struggle? Maybe today, maybe today you... You hear this saying, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose, but maybe the reality today is you feel like you're losing. Let me give you one simple step. Start by lifting your eyes to Jesus. No matter how many times you've done it, no matter how many times you've said I'm sorry, start today by lifting your eyes to Jesus. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord, the number one thing you can do for your family is to give your life and your heart to Jesus. And the way that God's word tells us to do that is we confess that we're a sinner. We confess that we are in need of a savior. We ask God for forgiveness. We repent of our sins. I love what Paul says. Look at these verses in, in Romans chapter 10. Is if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you say it and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Do you have clear eyes today? It starts with a relationship with Christ. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. Again, maybe you've known about God for a long time. That doesn't make you a mature Christian, right? It's just you've known about God for a long time. If you've never had a moment in your life where you gave your life and your heart to Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to pray together because I don't want you to pray by yourself. If you're here this morning and you've never given over your life to Jesus, you're like, Bobby, I don't have clear eyes because I don't have a relationship. I don't have a full heart. I have an empty heart. I feel like there's something missing. Right now, Bobby, I feel like I'm losing. I, I've tried to live for the Lord, but I keep failing. And today, let today be the start of your relationship with Jesus. I'm going to pray out loud and right there in your seat. You just pray. This is between you and Lord, the Lord. It's not some magic prayer. If this is the confession of your heart, would you just quietly in your seat repeat after me, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've done many things that displease you. I've lived life for myself. And today I repent. 
I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life and save my soul. I believe that you came to this earth and died on a cross for me. I believe that you rose again from that grave to save me. You did for me what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. Help me to fix my gaze upon you. Help me every day to live in a way that pleases you. I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to me. If you prayed that prayer with me today, you made the best and most important decision of your life. You want to see your family grow? You want to see your family mature? You want to become the person that God has called you to be? That's step one. Fix your eyes on him. Clear eyes. If you prayed that prayer with us today, I want to just ask you to do one thing. On your way out, we're going to give you a gift. But our team will be there. And would you just walk by? I'll be out there and just say, Pastor Bobby, I prayed with you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. just want to help you in this journey. We want to walk alongside of you as you begin this new walk. But to end our time today, I want to do something a little bit different. I truly believe in the role that, that dads play. I truly believe it is vital. Vital. And so today, I want to take a moment. And I think God blesses a, a family that prays together. I think God blesses a church that continues to focus on prayer. And so right now, as we end our service today, here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to pray for the dads in this room. We're going to lift them up as they lead families, as they work hard to be the men that God called them to be. We're going to lift dads up all over this room. So here's, here's what I want to do. And listen, I, I get it. There's, there's different situations. We're all in different situations. But if you're here with your family and your kids then, and, and spout moms, I want you to lead this time and get together. And you guys just get around dad, get around stepdad, whoever it is, and just, just lift them up to the Lord. We'll play softly and just this is a time for you as a family just to pray for dad and tell him how much you love him and how grateful you are for him. Maybe you're here today and, and you're not yet a dad, but, but one day you'll be there. We got some of our prayer team ready to come and, and pray with, with couples. And maybe you're here today by yourself. Let me just challenge you with this. And maybe you're like, I'm not a dad and I'm not going to be a dad. And, and maybe you need, this is God's chance for you to, to call you to be a spiritual dad to somebody. Say, I don't, I don't have my own kids, but I can be a spiritual father to somebody. Well, well, couples get together and pray for our spiritual dads here at City Hope Church. But as we end our time today, let's just lift up these men in the room. And let's be able to walk out of here today fired up and ready to say, I got, I got clear eyes. And I got a full heart and I know I can't lose. So right now, all over this room, let's get up. Let's, let's move around our fathers. I'll close us here out loud here in just a moment. So let's pray for all the dads in the room at this time. 
Father God, I just come before you now, and I just want to thank you for an opportunity we have today to serve you, to honor you, to, to hear from your word. Lord, I thank you for these, these unbelievable, honest comments, these, these words from, from these authors like Asaph, God, people that are striving to serve after you, but, but there's a struggle. And I pray that each and every one of us can learn from this today. and Just give us wisdom, God. Give us instruction as we strive to serve you. And, and God, I pray especially today for all the men in this room, God, that you would raise each and every one of us up to be the individual, to play the role that you've called us to play, to lead well, to serve well, to honor you well. God, I pray for the men in this room and, and the young men in this room that our eyes would be fixed upon you. Convict our hearts in places that our eyes are not fixed on you. Help us to live every day with our eyes clear. Lord, I pray that we would have full hearts, not, not of the worldly stuff, but of your love and your goodness and your peace and your joy. God, give us the fullness of you and the attributes that you so easily and often display to us. Lord, help us to walk out of this room with confidence today, knowing that because of you, we can't lose. No matter what this world does, no matter what happens, no matter what they say, Lord, we're the winners in the end. Just like Asaph said, we can spend eternity with you in glory. You'll forever be our portion. Strengthen our families. Strengthen us, God. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.